0: This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org listen on the legendary kyok 1140 a.m. and streaming live on KYOKradio.org. kcoh 1230 a.m. the source on sand geek radio 95.1 fm 1460 a.m. and aliento radio 101.7 fm and 1540 a.m. call in at 832 570 and follow me on social media. See you then. All right, Houston. Here we are. Here we are with another episode. Thank you, studio audience of A Tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer. You got me here every Monday and of course you can call in, call in, call in. And there's the number, 832-570-8075. This is going to be a great episode. You can uh, fade that out as I talk a little bit there, Mr. Producer. And, of course, we are on every Monday from 11 to 12 on KWWJ. Keep walking with Jesus on KYOK, the legendary KYOK, on KCOH, the source. And of course, Aliento Radio and Sangeet Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So this is a guest that I've been wanting to have on for I you know, I don't know, maybe a hundred years. No, not that long. But but a long time. And his name is Dr. Steven Kleinberg. Dr. Kleinberg, welcome to a tip from Gilbert.
1: Thank you, Gilbert. It's great to be here.
0: Well, thank you. And you know what? Dr. Kleinberg, first of all, he has this incredible book. And hopefully we can zoom in on this. It's called The Prophetic City. And what this book really is about, it's about the city of Houston. And it's about all the changes going on and a peek into the future. But the beautiful thing about it is Dr. Kleinberg is really a modern Obi-Wan Kenobi. See, this is (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm young Luke or young Gilbert. Gilbert, follow the force. I'm I'm young Gilbert, and you are Obi-Wan Kenobi because— No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Because Dr. Kleinberg has been doing something amazing, and he'll talk about it, because he started doing a survey in the city of Houston— Back in the early 80s, right? 1982. 1982.
1: Houston was still booming.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to be quiet. But the bottom (laughs) line is he's been doing a survey, and it is amazing what it tells us. But before we go there, we already have a caller. Constable, are you there, Constable?
2: Yes, Mr. Gilbert. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Constable, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, brother. What's going on in Fort Bend County? Oh, you know, uh, just the usual. Just, uh, you know, things happen every day. And, uh, you know, we just try to make the best of it.
0: Well, we thank you and your team for all you do to keep us safe and to really just take care of people and help guide us. What do you got for us today? What do you got for me? Or what do you got for Dr. Kleinberg here on a tip from Gilbert?
2: Well, today, you know, Uh, Start spring break and you know, Mm. I just want to kind of talk about some of the stuff at least out here in Fort Bend County that has been going on, you know uh, When 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 kids are out on spring break, you know, you have a lot of cars on the road, you know Kids want to go out and party uh, But they should you know if they're gonna drink they need to drink more responsible And I just want to kind of share some stats Mm. on the number of accidents that we had just in Fort Bend County in the year of uh, 2022 And we had about 12,000 crashes and uh,
0: 12,000
2: crashes in Fort Bend County last year. In one year. Wow. Wow. One year. And about 3,800 of them were due to speed related um, Mm -hmm. and about 304 uh, were alcohol related. And 84 of those were strictly intoxication. So, you know, it could be alcohol, it could be um, a prescription drug or, or some other narcotic. Um, And so so. I just want to remind everybody that's listening, you know, 12,000 crashes um, in a year. And when we have, you know, holidays, um, that's when you tend to see more crashes, more DWIs, because you have, you know, students and everybody that are out there out on the street. But just want to remind everybody that, um, you know, if you're going to party and you're going to go out and drink and enjoy yourself, just please do it responsible. Um, Don't drink and drive. No, no please do not drink and drive. Your life is much more valuable um, to me and to everybody else and should be to yourself.
0: Well, Constable, how many of those have led to fatalities?
2: So the fatalities, I I don't know offhand. I don't have it. You know, I don't want to give you. uh,
0: Okay. But, but there's more than a handful, I assume.
2: Correct. Uh, And, you know, uh, Texas roads are probably some of the most dangerous roads in the nation. And, you know, there's, the fatalities on, on Texas roads, and, you know, you see the, the signs of, uh, throughout when you're driving, and, you know, they talk about the fatalities, and the state is trying to do what they can. Um, you know, law enforcement tries to do what they can, but, you know, there's only so much we can do. We need cooperation from, from the community that we serve in order to keep everybody safe.
0: Well, Constable, I really appreciate it. So if somebody, I don't know the right word, needed help, What's the number for them to call the, for the constable there in Fort Ben? Yes, sir. To so call would, you. So you call your. Is it like call you? Is it call your office? When someone says call the constable, what what who are who they calling?
2: Yeah. So you would you typically call the you would call my office. And okay. You can all to, to speak for me, but I'll give a, a contact number and I will actually give out my my email address for anybody that would just want to contact me directly. Um. But the uh, office phone number is 281 242 4014. And I'll repeat it again 281 242 4014. And my email address is nabil.sheight at Fort Bend County TX. Uh, gov. And, um, you know, because I'm very transparent and I love, uh, you know, just interacting with people, I'll actually give out my my personal contact number if you don't if you don't mind that. Please. Yes, sir. So uh, just for all the viewers um, and listeners, it's 832-755-0922. And I'll I'll repeat it again, 832-755-0922. And I'm pretty much available and open to speak um, pretty much at any time of the day. If I don't answer the call, just shoot me a text and I will call you back.
0: Wow, that is, by the way, right now we have you on stream with your, your uh, really handsome picture there with uh, your, your, your you know, uniform and everything. Um, <laughs> Constable, we really appreciate you, and thank you for all that you do to keep us safe.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, and thank you for all that you guys do.
0: We're, we're trying. We're trying. Well, thank you, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Yes, sir. So, Dr. Kleinberg, tell us, how did young Dr. Kleinberg come up with this idea and go through the whole thing on this survey? How did it start?
1: So it started as a, uh, it fell to my lot to teach a research methods class to sociology majors at Rice University. Houston was booming. One million people had moved into Houston between 1970 and 1982. Holy cow! One million, coming at the rate of 1,380 people a week, 230 cars and trucks every day being added to the streets and freeways. There, Greatest boom anyone had ever seen, brought about by the tenfold increase in the value of oil. The price of a barrel of oil was $3.20 in 1970, and then it went to 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. We were building and borrowing on the basis of $50 oil. And and this was a boomtown in America. It was also a city world famous for having imposed the least amount of controls on development of any city in the Western world. And, and, and how come? Just, it just happened that and, way? It, it, this has been the tradition of Houston this is minimum government, minimum, maximum free enterprise. Uh, uh, it was a bu- city built by phone on behalf of developers, and and it was booming. It was also. It, uh, Growing concerns about traffic, pollution, crime. What kind of city are we building with all this affluence? So we we did a one-time survey to measure how are people balancing this tremendous growth with growing concerns about about the. And so, the, how many people did you have? Were these students? So these were eleven students who signed up for this course. Do you st- do you know
0: where they are still? Do you talk to any of them? Some of them.
1: Yeah. So there were eleven students in that first class, and we all did the interviews by ourselves. The, the total cost of the survey was one thousand eight hundred dollars. Wow. To just get get the samples. Now of course it's, it's a two hundred thousand dollar proposition. It's wow. a but it, so we did a one time survey, it never occurred to us to do it again. It was a great really very interesting. It was a, you saw a city increasingly concerned about the problems, but exhilarated by the by the by the the affluence of the city. Two months later, the oil boom collapsed. The price of oil that had gone from $3.20 to $35.50, we were building and borrowing on the basis of $50 oil, suddenly fell down to $28 by the end of 1983. A world glut of, of, of oil, and 100,000 jobs were lost in Houston by the end of 1983. We said, My gosh, we better do this survey. Again. Wow. And it never occurred to us to do it for. Th- and then every year since then, taking a representative random sample of Harris County residents asking people with identical questions over the years How do you see the world? What is happening in your life? And we have watched the world change. It's just been a remarkably interesting phenomenon and pure luck. I mean, I, I had—I get unfairly credited with having planned to do this. Yeah. This has never occurred to me to, stu- to study.
0: Has any other city? So you have data from all these going all the way back to 1982 from 41 years.
1: Oh, has any other city done this? It's. Uh, Los Angeles has a, has an annual survey but it's directed by different people each year so it doesn't have that same kind of continuity yeah. as far as we know no other city has, has been that several cities have been asking me now how how do we do Difficulty even that now is it's a two, it's $200,000 to do a survey and it takes a couple of years until you realize how valuable this is. How, oh, yeah. You know, one-time survey, is that high or low? Is that good or bad? Is that up or down? You have three or four years, you can watch it You have to
0: have a comparison. Nothing right. is good or bad in isolation. Right. It's good or bad relative to where it was. That's right. Very, and and, 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 and now
1: have, how many people do you sample? So now we sample about 1,000 a th- a people every year. Uh, and it, we had a. We, at the beginning, it was all by telephone, of course, and everybody had a telephone, and the f- phone rings, and you answer the damn telephone.
0: And then you're like, "Yes, I'll take that survey."
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so it's gotten. No one answers the telephone anymore. Right. So, so we had a shift from random digit dialing, which was the standard back in the '60s and '70s, to address-based sampling, where you get the post office to give you a list of addresses, random sample of addresses in Harris County, and then you 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 write to those folks and ask them to participate in the survey, and and it's much harder to get people to do it, but they do do it, and then then you can weight the data at the end to make sure that you're representing equally. You always get a higher percentage of older Anglos who will answer the phone, and fewer young Latinos. Yep, yep. And so, but you get enough of them, and you can then weight the data so that it reflects really remarkably well considering how the city has been changing. How how the same ideas are being seen differently today than they were five or ten. Well, days.
0: hold that thought for a second because let me. I still want to go into more of this. The what's the right word? The logistics before we go to the data. Yeah. Which is um, how long is a survey?
1: Well, on the phone it takes about twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. In, and in, in these surveys now, it's no long. No, it's just ten to fifteen minutes. Okay. If you do two or three and, and, instead of just one.
0: And so people say, yes, I'm willing to do it, and then. What, it, what do you want to know? And, and then you keep going. Yeah. Wow, and how do you pick the people that you're sampling?
1: So again, it's a representative random sample. In the old days, it was random phone numbers, random four-digit numbers associated with with the three prefixes that serve Harris County right. telephone. And 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 now it's the post office. It gives us a rep- random sample of, of of their addresses.
0: Wow. So what have you seen? What's first? Okay. What is, ha, who, who, who is Houston now? Let's go that way. What have you seen how Houston has changed and who is Houston?
1: Right, well, the great phenomenon, of course, is, is that Anglos were pouring into the city during the 60s and 70s, because this is where the jobs were. The rest of the country was having its carter malaise, its stagflating 70s. Houston was booming. After the oil bust of 1982, the Anglo population of Harris County stopped growing. And all the growth of this, the most rapidly growing city in America in the last 40 years, has been the influx of African-Americans, Latinos, and Asians. And this biracial southern city, dominated and controlled by white men, has become the single most ethnically diverse metropolitan area in the country. Wow. And you were talking about Fort Bend. uh, Right, right. Fort Bend may be the most ethnically diverse county on on the planet. You (laughs) You look at... How, how do you measure the diversity of, of a population? How close does it come to one-fourth Asian, one-fourth Latino, one-fourth African-American, one-fourth Anglo? And by that measure, Fort Bend comes very close. To being, Fort Bend is 22% Asian, 21% African-American, 25% Latino, 27% Anglo. That's amazing. Isn't it amazing. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. And we're all living in this community together, trying to like, you know, remember the old saying, can't we all just get Try, along? Trying to get along. I mean, And we're trying to get along.
1: Yeah. And we're falling in love with each other, marrying, making multiracial babies. I mean, it's a, Isn't that amazing? It's, it, and that's the new America. And, and by 2050, the census says, all of America will look like Houston looks today. And that's the reason why we claim that it's, it's, a, it's a prophetic city. This is where the American future, for better or worse, is going to be worked out. So how
0: we really navigate this is gonna be the pathway for all America. And if we don't figure out how to do it, then America's not gonna really figure it out.
1: And you look at the other multi-ethnic cities, you know, Chicago, uh, Washington, Los Angeles, New York, Houston is better positioned than any of these others to, to be a model for what America can be.
0: Wow, hold that thought, I think we have another call. Do we have another caller there, producer? Go ahead and send it through. And who is it? Alex. Hmm. Alex. Is there an Alex? <laughs> Alex. Good morning. Thank you for calling the Gilbert Show. Alex, one moment. Is there an Alex? Okay, there you go. Alex. Yeah, she's there. Alex, Quiet. Alex, can you hear me? Hi,
3: this is Alex. Good Alex, morning. what do
0: you have for me, Gilbert Garcia? A tip from Gilbert, or? Dr. Steven Kleinberg oh, Kenobi.
4: <laughs> well, my question for Dr. Kleinberg mm, yes is, I think it's really interesting, all the work he's done over the years. And I think oh,
1: thank
4: you. I would like to know um, what's the most interesting like finding he's seen throughout the years of his research and survey? Oh,
1: hmm. oh, most right, interesting. Thinking.
0: Oh, my God, that's yeah, the whole book. That's, that's it really is.
1: Life. Well, that's what's been so interesting is, yeah. is, is to watch... Uh, you know, an example, uh, one of the questions we asked over the years was how, which statement com- com- comes closest to your feelings about the public schools in Houston? The schools have enough money, if it was used wisely, to provide a quality education, or the schools will need significantly more money to provide a quality education. And during the 1990s, clear majorities, 58, 63 percent, were saying the schools have all the money they need, it's being wasted. And then during the first decade of the 21st century, it was a 50 50 split, and today, 69 percent in the latest survey said the schools will need significantly more money. It's a new recognition, a sea change in the recognition that edu- how important education has become and the fact that we are not spending the kind of money that we, that, that we need to. And and without spending that money, uh, the gap between rich and poor in, in Houston and America continues to expand.
0: Well, you know, Dr. Kleinberg and Alex, I don't know if you're still there, but stay with us, Alex, if you're there. So. Uh, I had um, the president of the school board, HISD, uh, last week on my show. Uh-huh. And I was going through some stats because I was you know, sort of getting ready for the show, like I was reading some of your articles and other things to get ready for the show. And um, I noticed that sh- when you really look at the data, first and foremost, there's never been, a, uh, and this is studies, never been a situation where a school system had been taken over by a state mm. and it came out better. Really, never, never been, n- n- never, never a case. The other thing I found was there is ample evidence that suggests if you spend more money per student, you get a better outcome. Yeah, of course. I mean, d- doesn't that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's, it really it's makes the, perfect it's a capitalist sense. system. If That's you, right.
1: If you want to hire the best teachers, you got to pay them enough so that they yep. they are able to be teachers and afford to be able to. And then if you
0: the and side. then if you got good teachers, you want to have them with a uh, good. Um, supplies and good uh you know things right. around them and and good libraries and and you know good tools and, and, address, and
1: that costs money and address the inequalities yep. in terms of access to health healthcare and so
0: care well what's what's interesting is first and houston this i'm just speaking facts i'm not trying to mm-hmm. be a political person here and that is um the state of texas spends less per student than any state in america right and on top of that The city of Houston spends less per student than any other city in the state of Texas. And
1: part of the reason for that is that we've come out of an economy in which education was not important. The great sources of wealth in, in Texas was land and all the things you could do on the land. The big fortunes made from cotton, timber, cattle, sugar, oil the source of wealth in the 21st century, will have less and less to do with natural resources and more to do with human resources, with knowledge and skills. And Houston is way behind because we never felt that that was important. And what's interesting in the surveys is that there's been a sea change in the general public's understanding of how critical edu- uh, edu- spending on education is for the, for, the, for the Houston future. Because the other piece of that is that this, we talked about the demographic shifts. Right. It's also a major t- a shift by age. The median age of Anglos in Harris County is 43. The median age of Latinos is 24. Wow. So the future of everybody under the age of 20 in all of Harris County, 51% are Latinos, 19% are African-Americans, 10% are Asians, 21% of everybody under 20 is Anglo. Wow. So the future of Houston is in the African-American Latino communities.
0: Well, what's interesting too, on that spending demographic I just went through, the other thing is the lack of spending is disproportionately represented in minority schools
1: absolutely i mean it
0: it, it, it seems like of of course but how terrible right because they're probably the ones that need. well not they are probably we know they're the ones that need it the most
1: well a beautiful example is preschool rich kids start kindergarten one and a half to two years ahead of poor kids in houston And that gap continues to expand. And and for the last 40 years, almost all the benefits of economic growth have gone to the richest 20% of Americans. And before that, during the 30 years after World War II, the rising tide lifted all boats. You could drop out of high school with a strong right arm, Mm -hmm. become a rustabout on the oil fields, work for a Hughes tool company, Cameron Ironworks, and be able to make a middle class wage. Those jobs have disappeared. So it's a new economic reality and a new demographic reality that have come together in Houston and are coming together across all of the country. And so what we do here, how we how we manage that, that transition will have enormous significance, not just for the Houston future, but for the American future. Wow.
0: Alex, I don't know if that's like resonate with you, but isn't that incredible?
4: That is. I mean, thank it's you incredible. so much, Dr. Kleinberg.
0: Well, Alex, thank you for mm-hmm. calling in and please call in again. Uh, Dr. Yes, Kleinberg. Thank you. thank you, Alex. Yeah. Dr. Sure. Kleinberg. So the thing is this, you know, it seems to me if you're if you're going to progress. You got to have a way to focus and target on those young Hispanic and African American and even Asian kids <laughs> that are the ones that need it the most, that are in the schools that are um, neglected the most uh, in the city that already spends less per student. Right.
1: Um, what am I missing? You're you <laughs> <laughs> And, and the general public, if finish that. The general public is increasingly aware of the critical importance of this. What we're missing is a way to move that into action, into oh. into a serious, sustained effort to turn that around. Because we have only one generation to do it.
0: Well, that comes to there was an incredible article uh, that Dr. Kleinberg wrote in the New in the in the uh, Houston Chronicle. It's this is the Outlook section. This was dated February nineteenth. And look at that headline, Houston. Hold on. I'm going to get it so everyone can see it. I'll read it. It's time that leaders catch up with residents. Now, that's probably something that doesn't always happen when the residents and the masses recognize we need to do more in schools. We need to spend more money. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough resources. And the leaders are just squandering that opportunity
1: right? because the opportunity is there. And the city of Houston keeps saying I have no, we have no, the city has no responsibility for education. It's all H-I-S-D. Nonsense. There's tremendous responsibility for preschool and after school programs, for for being a catalyst. One of the things that I call on people to do now is that let's become a learning society. If we're not going to throw enough money at these problems, let's throw people at these problems. Let's figure out a way to have every business in Houston adopt a school. And one afternoon a month, meet with a kid. and and, yep. and have every church provide preschool and after school programs. And you could... And the, and you know the, one of the I mentioned the aging of Anglo's right this, well that's a tremendous resource incredible people who have, who are retired in their sixties and early seventies have twenty years of vigorous adult life ahead of them just waiting I think to be asked come and help us educate this next generation yeah. and you made a good
0: point and I don't know if I'll be able to repeat it but you said something to the effect of um, spending more money doesn't necessarily mean a better outcome for students, but you can't have a better outcome for students without spending more money. Beautiful, exactly. We already have lots of people on. So is there a Vic on the line? Yes. Vic, this is Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert with Dr. Kleinberg. What do you have for me?
4: Uh, Well, I have a question for Dr. Kleinberg. Um, I just wanted to know what exactly prompted him to begin studying in this field.
1: Well, I've always been interested in social change. And And I became an expert in survey research, and so that all sort of came together with a friend of mine who started a new survey organization back in 1982 and we did as I mentioned earlier a one-time survey
0: and you thought it was going to be a one and done yeah,
1: no, yeah. That, that was all yeah. it, was a, it was a lot of fun it was great yeah and it just showed as I mentioned this 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 uh, differentiation between between uh, Feelings of of optimism about the city and the the tremendous economy, but growing concerns about things that we were not addressing. And the social costs of growth were were sort of becoming more and more evident. One time survey. And then as we mentioned, the price of oil that had kept going up uh, over tenfold in the 1970s until 1982. And then suddenly there was a glut of oil and, and the price of oil fell for the first time down to $28 a barrel. And we had been building and borrowing on the basis of $50 oil and a hundred thousand jobs were lost by the end of 1983, and so that so it became clear we've got to do this survey again because it's now a different different reality. And to what degree has, has the public understood that and seen that? And and then each year it became more and more interesting. As you watch the city coming out of the, the by the by, 1988, one out of every seven jobs that had been in Houston disappeared. Wow! The worst regional recession of any part of the country at any time since World War II, uh, yes, in a city that had known nothing but economic boom wow. from its beginnings until that fateful date of yeah. May 1982, when the oil boom collapsed.
0: Well, you know, I remember when I was at Yale visiting here, um, in 19 like 83 or so, my visiting my brother, mm-hmm. and he was out in the suburbs. And I remember all these houses that were just empty, uh, yeah. empty. I mean, like, it was almost like the, the whole neighborhood was empty, but there were spotty houses of people living in them. Most of the neighborhood was just empty.
1: People Mass- just gave back their their house. And massive overbuilding because yeah. we were building on the basis of $50 oil. And, by, and as I say, by 1983, 1, 100,000 jobs were lost, and, and Houston became the cheapest place in America. Wow. To buy a house and to, and, and, by, and by 1988, one out of every seven jobs had disappeared.
0: Wow. And in general, when you say 100,000 jobs, what does that translate into people? If the average job is, I don't know, let's just make it up, two to three people, a family. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about 300,000 people oh, impacted. Devastating. Something like that. Yeah
1: devastating in a, in a city that had sort of promised us that we would have nothing but boom for the rest <laughs> of our lives
0: <laughs> well Vic I, I'm so glad you joined us I, any follow-up you have for Dr. Kleinberg before I move to another caller yeah, one
4: more. no I just wanted to say that that's amazing and I support him in all of his endeavors
1: well thank Thanks. you thank you so much uh
0: we have another caller there let's what's an, let me see the board there producer is there a Lindsay on hold on Lindsay Lindsay. Huh. Is there a Lindsay on? <laughs> Speak to me, Lindsay. Good morning. Lindsay, Good morning. you morning. have you have me, Gilbert, a tip from Gilbert, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer, with Dr. Steven Kleinberg, who and we're having an extraordinary conversation about demographics and about the school system and, and support and leadership. What do you have for us today?
3: Yes, it's been so exciting to listen to Dr. Kleinberg, as always, and oh, thank, thank you, you so much for your, for your work. Oh, you um, bet. Thank you. It's, it's invaluable to be able to have that kind of long-term, um, just that information, and it really informs the decisions that people make, it sounds like, and thank you again.
1: Oh, you bet. And the survey is going to continue. I'm, I'm, I'm actually leaving fairly soon for... for Washington, D.C. You can't leave, Dr. But Kleinberg. But we have a fantastic Kinder Institute for Urban Research. With the Kinder Institute is so wonderful. With the whole team.
0: It's, In the, it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. The Kinder it's Institute. It's very exciting. It's sure. super great. Lindsay, what do you got for Dr. Kleinberg?
3: Well, um, mostly this, this message is for the viewers and listeners. Um, the nonprofit that I'm I've just recently started up has finally... Kind of um because of your generosity been able to get the first class going and so oh well, at, my pleasure yes it's an art class and so we are kind of also looking to fill some of those education gaps just you know oh, just a feeling. little bit it's, yeah it's not we're not um you know we're mostly doing art classes with wellness um coaching in there and so we're we're wanting people who maybe have Experience something that was either traumatic, hmm. or it could just be—you know—anybody is welcome to the attend to attend these classes or therapy. Because, yeah. yeah, so it's just kind of a nice. Um,
0: and what's the a- What's the average age of uh, participants?
3: Um, right now, it's been about surprisingly it's been a little older like about age mm-hmm. um, oh, good. 35 to 40 so um, but that's because those are the people who we know but people of all ages are welcome to these classes and the supplies are provided and um, we're so excited so if people want to sign up it's at colorsforhealing.org
0: colors oh, that's great. for healing.org is there a yeah. phone number or anything like that
3: yes the phone number is seven one three nine zero nine. Zero 8 sorry, let me just look again because it's my business number. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah, it's, it's zero eight four three.
0: Um wonderful. Sorry. Okay. you got it there, Lindsay? Sorry? Did you, you, you got it? You you said it?
3: Yes, it's seven one three nine zero nine zero eight
0: four three. Wonderful. Well Lindsay, keep yeah. doing great and keep us posted here
1: on the show of of
0: how it's going.
3: Yes, thanks so much, and thanks again for the contribution.
0: It was my pleasure.
1: Uh, You bet. No, and and that's such an important part for the Houston future. Is is all these initiatives that are developing across the city. We got to find a way. We just need to coordinate them. We need to expand them. But but Houston has all the resources it needs.
0: We got to expand. We got to expand. We have an Ernie on the line. Is there an Ernie on the line?
4: Yes. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen.
0: Ernie, you got me. Gilbert Garcia. Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer with. Dr. Steven Kleinberg, what do you got?
4: Dr. Kleinberg and uh, Gilbert, I want to really commend you both as leaders, and most definitely, Dr. Kleinberg, your profound research has just helped our city overall, Uh and I just want to applaud you for your due diligence in trying to encourage everyone to pay attention to the data, because as you said, I was in a presentation you did with big brothers big sisters for the city of Houston Mm -hmm. yes you did a beautiful job telling people that mentor programs and companies such as Gilbert's who uh support youth activity Mm -hmm. is vital to the overall success of education in our city
1: here here and
4: I want to know how are you going to continue to promote that as the Kinder Institute as you uh pass the baton with Rice University, but I know you'll still be there in spirit.
1: No, you bet. Well, thank you so much. Well, the Kinder Institute just received a $50 million grant from the Kinder Foundation. Wow. So it's in tremendous shape. And it's under the leadership of Ruth Lopez Turley, whose expertise is precisely in educational inequalities. Uh, it's, it's beautifully positioned to, to expand the survey for the next 40 years and also to, to, to study what's, what works and what does it across the board and to be a, a, a think tank and a resource for the, as a city understands its, its need to make these new investments in ensuring that Houston is positioned for prosperity in the very different world of the, of, of the 21st century, the, the new knowledge global economy where the source of wealth is knowledge rather than natural resources. And where investing in, in in our people is the most important thing we can do.
0: I'm going to uh, ask you some questions about the survey, Ernie. Anything else you got?
4: Yes, I just want to also commend uh, Gilbert. Last week, you talked about the importance of corporations working with the city and working with um, different nonprofits to provide resources to schools. And I think it's no, it's so important now, as you see, Wheatley High School needing the support from the from everyone. But if every corporation could do what Gilbert's Corporation does, and that is philanthropic efforts throughout the year, we would be in a better place. And I appreciate that.
0: Here, here. Well, amen. And thank you for that, Ernie. And we're going to we're gonna keep doing our part. Uh, so thank you for calling into the show. Uh, I'm going to move to the next call. We have a Michelle. Do we have a Michelle? Michelle, I'm jumping now. Is there a Michelle on the line?
5: A tip one.
0: Michelle, can you hear me? I can hear you michelle what do you got this is gilbert garcia a tip from gilbert with dr stephen kleinberg
5: yes well good morning i just want to commend dr kleinberg for the research and the data that he has phenomenally searched out to bring and to educate um the viewers and the city of houston and all other cities that um listen to his uh listen to his work but my question is uh, as we all know, we are in light' view of what is taking place with uh, HISD at this moment. My, my question here is, why do you think that um, that we are waiting around uh, at this critical moment to step in and to now be radical when this situation has been going on for, for quite some time now, and now everyone, uh, because it didn't become critical just overnight. Right. Oh, absolutely, but it's it's been in this it's been in this state for quite some time, and now everybody at the last minute, when the when the state wants to come in or TEA wants to come in and wants to take over, so why do you think that we waited to the last moment to want to uh, try to bring resolve to an issue that's been going on for quite some time?
1: Yeah, that's a great well, that's, that's a tough one. A it's, a, it's it
0: is the question. But it's a tough one because it's so many elements. Right. And, you know, whether it's politics or whether it's just – there's just so many elements to that.
1: And we're talking about needing to put more resources, Mm -hmm. both both financial resources and and our human energy resources, to turn this around in in a city that has never thought this was important. No one – Education was, was a nice thing to have, but the source of wealth was, was natural resources, and you d- dug holes in the ground and you made right. money, And there were wonderful blue collar jobs for anyone who wanted to, to work, and, and the rising tide was lifting all boats. That's been the, the legacy of Houston, suddenly changed in 1982. And everything changed. It was a really remarkable date. Uh, and, and, but we're still, many of us, stuck in the, in the, in the kind of thinking that, that supported and went with the expectation of continual boom. And so it's. It, what is interesting in the surveys is that for the last 40 years, virtually all the benefits of economic growth have gone to the richest 20% of Americans. And 60% of all American families that had experienced a doubling of their incomes in the 30 years after World War II have basically stagnated for the last 40 years. Wow. And it's taken a while for for the general public to recognize. So one example of a question we asked over the years is, do you think that most people who receive welfare payments are really in need of help or are they taking advantage of the system? And the percent saying they're really in need of help, when he first asked that question, was uh, 53% growing to 87%. So,
0: So when the surveys first started, Fifty three percent said they really needed help, which means forty seven percent said they really don't need yeah. it. They're just want free this, free that. That's right. And now eighty seven percent realize that they need it. And that dovetails mm-hmm. with one of your questions about if you uh, had an emergency and you needed four or five hundred dollars, what could you do right, or something beautiful. like that? Go go through that because that's really remarkable, Michelle. We're st- we're still with you, so don't hang up. <laughs>
1: but, I'm listening. I'm okay, listening. thank you. Because this is
0: a this is a very great question. Go ahead, Dr. Klein. Yeah, the question
1: said, uh, supposedly you had to come up with four hundred dollars to meet an emergency expense, yes, how would you deal with that situation? Would you be able to pay for it out of savings? Would you need to borrow it, or would you not be able to come up with four hundred dollars?" and 41% of Latino families said they could not come up with $400 to meet an emergency expense. Living at the edge, 38% f- of, of African Americans, just 15% of Latinos, and 7% of Asians. But it, t- but it tells you how, how close people are to, to, to have suffering, and the deepening inequalities. Another example is uh, we ask people, do you, do you and your family currently have any health insurance? And 48% of Latinos said they had no health insurance whatsoever. So we have the greatest medical wow. complex in the world, in the Texas Medical Center, and we have the highest percentage of children without health insurance. See, that's Again, a terrible. That's a, that's a, and that's what we've inherited from, from a time when we were riding the oil boom and no one thought of any, any, any need for government of any sort. And now increasing recognition, when you ask people in the privacy of their homes, government has to take a, take a role in reducing the inequalities in America.
0: And here they are bailing out big banks and doing all these things, even today. Right. well, People say they're not bailing out the banks, but they are, because the depositors know mm-hmm. that they're only guaranteed safety for $250,000. And yet a lot of people were had extra money in there, probably because these were high-flying rates. And at the end of the day, they're going to be made whole. And would they do that for a smaller bank, a minority-owned bank, or depositors right. in a minority community mm-hmm. versus Silicon Valley? I mean, these bring up very interesting questions. As it goes back to the, the whole concept of um, the 87% on the, on the welfare, you know, all you got to do, Dr. Kleinberg, is do one of these turkey giveaways for Thanksgiving or Christmas right. And I've done many in the last two years. Boris Miles does them, and I support it. Senator Miles. And I've been with him. Christina Morales, the state rep, with Mary Pettis, and I've been with her. Hmm. Um, some of the churches, Claude Cummins and Claude Cummins III, the third. He's got the, uh, the the church there. I forgot exactly the street, but I've done it with his church. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> people line up right. f- three, four hours yeah. in advance for yeah, free she, food. Tremendous
1: poverty in the city.
0: A, yeah, and and these are not. You know, this is not about, oh, I just want free the free that. No, these are people right. that that's the difference between having any meal or not. That's right. The and recognition
1: that s- people are really in need of help. It's, it's It's
0: so clear so yeah. cut. Yeah. And I've been there and I try to, you know, say something to them and you'd be surprised. I mean, it breaks your heart how many of these women, older women will hug me and thank you. Yeah. I was not going to have anything for the holiday. Yeah. Um Oh, it's just yeah. heart-wrenching.
1: And, and again, it's coming out of a history when the rising tide lifted all boats, when, when, when there was a trickle-down reality that, that poor folks could get good jobs and support, and support families in a way that has just changed, given globalization, companies can produce goods anywhere, sell them everywhere. If you're doing a job I can train a third world worker to do and I pay that third world worker $15 a day, right. I'm not gonna pay you $15 an hour. And we're at the beginnings of the robotics revolution. If you're doing a job that I can program a computer to do, I will soon be replacing your job with an intelligent machine. The critical need is 14 years of education. You've got to, just a high school diploma locks you in poverty. You've got to have one or two years after high school in a community college, at least to acquire the technical skills that the new jobs require.
0: Holy cow. Hopefully, everybody heard that because you know what? That's a new reality. We, we need more education. We need more resources at it. That's the only way Houston is going to continue to grow and prosper. Uh, and that's the only way this nation is going to continue to that's remain right. competitive. Um, let me just give Michelle. Michelle, what else you got, real quick, before I move to another caller? Because you've been very kind, and you brought it—you know—you brought that issue up for us, which we thank you. What what follow up do you have? And I think you—I remember you called before. I think you do a lot of things, nonprofit and so forth. And t- tell us about what you have again. Yes, absolutely. And I
5: just wanted to mention, and I did uh, hear Dr. Uh, Cranberry speaking. Uh, you know, about uh, you also, too, about the uh, food insecurities. Yeah, here at Joseph House Community Outreach Center, this is what we do. Joseph House, on that's a daily it. Basis.
6: Mm.
5: Yes, Joseph House Community Outreach Center. And then just to just uh, kind of reiterate on that, this morning, you know, this week is for our seniors. We had so many seniors. They were wrapped around Jensen Drive, around mm. the East Texas Freeway, 59. Because people in in such a need, it, it is a need out there. Even though the pandemic is over to yes. some degree, people are still in need. So I just want to let you right. know that we're located here at seventy eight hundred two Jensen Drive. That's our north uh, north uh, east side of uh, of fifty nine East Tech Freeway. You call us 281-936-8175 if you're in need. If you know someone that's in need, this is what we do here. Food, food, no cost for the food. All there is, you have to make an appointment. It is appointment. It is made by appointment because we have so many people. But again, this is Joseph House Community Outreach Center. Look us up, That's Joseph right. House at org.
0: Michelle, thank you for calling. You are a saint. Uh, you know, you're doing the Lord's work, and we thank you. And I'm hugging you on cyberspace. I think we have another caller there. Dr. Kleinberg, you're just popular, man. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants to learn. Um, which is a great thing we need to learn and as a community we've got to come together learn from each other share information and that's the only way we're going to continue to progress uh, we have another call we have jay flores jay are you there
7: yes mr garcia hawaii god bless you how you doing I'm um, well th-
0: thank you for calling me jay what what can we do for you what question do you have for either me gilbert garcia or dr kleinberg <laughs>
7: Well, I am in New York, and um, I'm actually right now uh, relocating to Houston. Oh well, uh, I'm actually... <laughs> we can't wait to have you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, and you know, in in regards of what you, you folks are saying right now in, in towards the uh, uh, financial situation, uh, families. Um, you know, it, it, I'm very surprised. Forty eight percent of Americans, uh, more or less, um, it's they don't even have an, an emergency, a thousand dollars. Right. Being able to 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 support any emergency like a car breaking down, um, and you need you know you need a five six hundred dollars. They don't even have that, and fifty eight percent, close to fifty percent Americans, they don't even have five thousand dollars in their account. Um, so, you know, with this situation and with the uh, high growth of uh, Hispanic Americans in states like like Texas, uh, like the city of uh, Houston, you know, we need we need more financial education to the public. And I think that if you if you realize we go to school, we go to we go to high school, we go to college. Uh, once you hit high school, a lot of the a lot of uh, a lot of us don't go to college. And in in high school, we don't have financial education. They never told us how to do budgeting right. and how to grow our our savings and and what to do with that savings. Uh, how to um, deal with being um, uh, free of uh, of debt and and then what to do with that savings? How to invest it? How to grow it? Change our family tree. And I think that uh, financial education for the public is one of the most important things that we could do uh, because one of the strongest things that we have, um, it's it's our income. it's a the, the tool that we have to grow uh, um, our um, savings and, sure. and, and and to have an opportunity for investing. So um, what, one of my questions is, uh, for example, um, uh, Mr. Garcia, you you are an amazing, a very successful man financially and and i congratulate you um in, in what 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 would you uh what would be a suggestions from your point of what can a a, a middle-class family not that uh is struggling but because usually uh, uh it, it says fifty six thousand dollars is what uh, a American uh, household brings. Yeah. An average. Um, what would you suggest for, for an average family to start, uh, on investing? If, if you want to look at for like a stock market, for example, or something for a long term for retirement, what would suggestions would you, would you give out to folks like us?
0: Sure. Hmm. Well, thank you for the call. And you can stay on and thank you for the question. I'm not a wealth advisor, but let me give you my two cents. First and foremost, there are so many low-hanging fruit things, meaning I see people all the time getting lots of credit cards, and the yes. rates on the credit cards are just obscenely high. Right. Uh, I see people that may have very high mortgage loans, and they could refinance it, save money, and it's right in front of you. Um, right. So my view is the little things are, with any discretionary, which means after expenses— any sort of, I want to say, a little bit of money, extra savings, any discretionary savings, first and foremost, pay down those credit cards, pay down that debt because that's what's eating you up. The interest rate. The interest rate. Some of those are like 18% even now. Uh, The other is your car loan is probably out there. And now you're in New York, you probably have mass transit. But for those that are in car cities like we are, that's probably the next biggest thing, which is your car. And so, again, if you can make a little bit of extra payment on that car to help it get out of the way so you can have it free and clear, that's a good thing to do because that rate might be high. The third is your home mortgage. First and foremost, if you are in the money and you can refinance it. Now, rates have gone up quite a bit in the last year or so. Um, But if it was still in the money, I encourage you to refinance. If it's no longer uh, refinanceable, believe it or not, the cost of money and the compounding of the cost of money is so great over the life of that loan that yes. even if you threw $10 a month extra, it's called a curtailment, extra yes. to pay down that principal, you'd be surprised how, how quickly over time you will bring forward that final maturity date. I mean, you'd be very shocked at just yeah. an extra 10 $20 a month will do to shorten the life of the loan so those to me are some of the easier things that i would try to do with any possible discretionary type um, monies even ten dollars can help start to pay that down if you do it consistently so those are some of my tidbits of you know what you know what to do the other is you know the thing about life and, and you know I think the great journey about life is we're always still struggling to learn about the journey of life, and we never have it figured out, Dr. Kleinberg. We never do. <laughs> okay. But the thing I have learned in my 59 years is if you do things that you love, you will probably be good at it. In other mm-hmm. words, the most important thing out there, everyone in Houston, and and your kids, you know, kids say, well, well I want to be a doctor or I want to be mm-hmm. a lawyer at the end of the day they need to be themselves and if they do something that they enjoy they'll probably be good at it and be successful at it and have a very uh, happy and fulfilled life right.
1: and, yeah. and dr. they're going to go have, have more than one uh, one job i mean they're, they're,
0: well that's yeah. that's right go ahead dr climber yeah. what what are you seeing in the data about two job families now
1: in my early two years two
0: job yeah. persons
1: right. yeah i mean well the concept of, of a the of one life one career imperative that you decide what you're going to do at the age of twenty and you do that nonstop until you're sixty five and then retire with a pension, that's not the twenty first century. We're going to have four to five career changes. They think for the average person, so it's a lifelong learning and a lifelong process. And one one has to ask, what what's the best step for me now to take at this at this point without necessary – and financial literacy, as the caller has suggested, is enormously important as a part of this. But it's also yeah. a question of investing in your own skills and and, and coming back to, this, to school from, from birth to college from cradle to career, uh, right. And it's a, it's a, that's that's the new reality of the knowledge economy that we're in. This. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, Jay, what do you well, got?
0: I'm going to give you another minute here. What else do you got, my friend?
7: Well, um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I did fina- I educated myself <laughs> financially mm-hmm. on the simple stuff. I didn't go major. I just went and I educated myself on how to budgeting, for example. It's one of the things that yeah, a lot it. of us don't really do, don't don't really focus on where does every single dollar go. So I did that for my family. I was $42,000 in debt. Got mm. myself out of there gotcha. uh, in about a year and a half. Amen. And I cre- I created, amen, yes. Amen. And I created within almost three years after that, um, I built the wealth of $100,000. Now, I... My parents, my mom worked two jobs. God, God bless her uh, for us because we it was a single family. It was a single uh, mom uh, with two Go kids, ahead. two boys. Um, so I know um, and my, my parents know the struggle growing up without a money, you know, always paycheck to paycheck. And now I'm 41 years old and I learned. I learned the feeling and the taste of having even 5,000, 10, 20, the growth of money and, and, and the liberty that that gives you. Um, And if you, if you combine that with what the doctor was saying, and you combine that with, and, and what you, Mr. Garcia was saying, and you combine that with, you know, you work with what you love, you you know, what they're saying that says that, you know, if you, if you, if you do what you love, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work, you know? Hmm. So if you combine both of them, um, I think it's just a a recipe for success. And, you know, and from my point of view, um, us, especially I'm I'm Hispanic American. I think that um, as a Latino in the United States, I think if we, if we focus a lot on, on financial education to the public, uh, the success that will come out of that. Uh, because if you educate a family financially and you you, you let them you, you allow them give them a path to build wealth. You you give them the opportunity of even invest for retirement, funds put some money on 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 some index funds, some mutual funds, something some you know, some something that they could grow, something that they could hold on and and, and actually they could retire with, with dignity, you know. And that's just that's just my opinion. I think you know, that, you... that's something to look at
0: you gave the best advice of all so uh, you know budget <laughs> budget and budget live, live live wisely and within your means uh um, yes that, but
1: we, we also have to raise the minimum wage we also yes. have to make sure that people are being paid enough so that so yes. that they, they can build build on, on yeah. that and,
0: and the, the funny thing about jay, jay thank you for calling in my friend sure. i'm gonna i'm gonna sure. take another call here yes. I, God bless. I, I, welcome kiss. to houston yes i think the thank interesting <laughs> thing about the concept of minimum wage what people lose sight of if you give people and remember, we're not well. We're not giving them anything. They're earning a livable wage. Right. Well, that will be able to raise them up into sort of a middle class lifestyle, which will make them spend money on things, yes. which will do nothing more than stimulate the economy even more. Absolutely. I mean, people don't lose sight of, you know, the key to uh, economic prosperity for a, uh, a society. Is really the middle class and people to be able to reach the middle class and to spend money. Because if you're on the top 1%, no matter how much money more money you make, it's not going to matter because yeah, you're not going to spend extra money. You're, you're not going to a, gonna buy, another not gonna buy another yacht. Yeah. Um, and so the key is that sure. extra minimum wage increase will give people the ability. It's the difference between buying a refrigerator or not even having one. Uh, we have one more question, and then, Dr. Kleinberg, we're going to just go to survey. Is that Eileen? I don't know how to yeah. say that. Eileen? Yeah. No, it's Eileen. Eileen. I'm so sorry, Eileen. Please excuse me. Uh, I'm Gilbert Garcia with a tip from Gilbert, Talk Inspiration and Prayer with Dr. Kleinberg. What do you got for us?
6: I have a question. I've been listening to your show. Thank you for taking my call. Um, for Dr. Stephen uh, mm-hmm. Kleinberg, and you said you did the survey back, during the time when it was booming and there was um, the oil and gas.
1: That, that one year, yes. Yeah, so I, I yeah. wish I'd started it earlier. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. have been interesting. Yeah.
6: The question is, are you still doing that survey in 2023? And what was the demographic?
1: Yes, the answer is we are doing it. I've got, there's a whole team now at this revamped Kinder Institute that is doing this. There's going to be a, a release of the findings in April. And we've just collected the data. And it's, I, I, I personally have not seen it yet but they promised to show it to me very soon. Which is, it, so it's, it's a, again, a representative random sample of Harris County residents asking people these identical questions over the years. And, and you okay,
6: can, and it, it, it's um, various cultures or
1: ethnic groups? Or how, it, how, absolutely, I mean, as we become how more, ethnically diverse, it's
2: diverse
0: so, it's, it, it reflects the demographic makeup of the city. Which, of right, course, right. is the is incredible melting pot of all melting pots. And
1: also the economic. Difference.
0: And the economic uh, demographics.
1: Home ownership and a whole range of other things. The things that the census tells us about the city, we're able to then match that, that distribution with with the, the sample. And so okay. you, you get a pretty uh, and then there's a there's a margin of error of plus or minus three percent. So a change from one year to the next of, of four or five right. percentage points could be random fluctuation. I
0: mean, you can't get much tighter than that. Not right. really. But a change right. of eight or nine
1: percentage right. points tells you people are answering the question. That's right. That. So that's what's, right. what's interesting. Right. Well, let's ask now, this.
6: I, 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 was, I was in, um, excuse me, no, you go ahead. In, in that time when it when it was booming, and I heard you m- mention, uh Cameron iron and those yes, uh companies and i worked for a lot of oil and gas during that time and the booming area in the demographic uh part of this of the scheme of this is that in the oil corridor over in the Katy area it was very um prosperous in that area right but i do remember uh and working in uh the oil and corridor area but everything moved out to the woodlands are out that way sugarland and demographic was never all an oil and gas type of uh right. except for things like little daniels and those things so the uh whole makeup that changed as it relates to community per um uh, the individuals that lived in those areas because they were taking their education and their jobs or they were taking jobs that was in these affluent neighborhoods so uh the middle class if you will uh because we can start there because there was middle class and then that was the upper class and then we had the people that was uh living on basic um life skills poverty, and, and, and below the poverty line so that middle class is gone as of today and we're trying to catch up in an area where we did have jobs like you know in oil and gas and people were making money but then it was um, the ones that was at the top was moving these businesses out of your community or out of areas where you can go and get a job where it could put you in that middle class status. So what are they doing as, as it relates to that now? Because a lot of the oil and gas had moved over in, to the north in the Woodland area.
1: Right, I, I mean yeah. it's it's, uh, and that disparity, the, that
6: gap, is getting wider. Well,
1: that's the big point. I mean, the the, the jobs have changed dramatically, and and, it's, right. and, and so the gro- the gap between rich and poor has accelerated in very powerful ways. And as I say, exactly. twenty all the benefits of economic growth, believe it or not, in the last forty years, went to the top twenty percent of Americans, and most of that to the top five percent, most of that to the top one percent, and the one tenth of one percent. Own 19 percent of the wealth of this country. Gosh, one tenth of one percent. It's more inequality in, in America than almost any other industrial country in the world. And. That's the real problem, and that's that's what has to be addressed.
0: And that's what the source of all the social unrest really is when you think about it. And that's what leads to unequal access to education, health care, right. uh, exactly. all of those things, the overrepresented over-representation, uh in the criminal justice system, sure. all uh, of those things. That's right. Eileen, thank you for calling. I'm going to just sort you. of randomly thank go through a couple and of
6: – I agree totally. One last thing. I agree totally with the financial education as well yes. as the education and higher education thank you amen thank you for
0: calling dr kleinberg i'm going to do a lightning round here with you so yeah lightning round lightning round so first of all what what are the top three issues that people in houston want to see change or want to see their city do the city leaders
1: well there's a lot of concern about traffic and and pollution and and crime uh and and these broader concerns about about uh Education and about about what is necessary for for success and and a, and a significant increase in the percentage said government needs to take action to reduce the income differences between rich and poor. There's a new sensitivity and awareness that that this is not a, a society anymore that gives everybody an equal chance. It's a society that is increasingly concentrating wealth in the hands of a smaller and smaller number of people, and and it's especially a challenge for Houston because. That, that's really where we the, the new folks coming in that will be the population increase are mm-hmm. disproportionately underserved by the, by the school systems and the, and the support systems that we need. So, so it's, a, it's a deepening inequality that is increasingly being recognized by the citizens of Houston and, uh, and something that is, goes against the, the Houston grain.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: it's taken a while for that to develop, but, but I think the surveys have told us that we didn't know before is that when you ask people in the privacy of their homes how do you see the world, people see a different world now and they see a, a new set of challenges that they hadn't seen before.
0: I guess there there is some hope there in my view, which is it's kinda like the first way a patient can get better is to recognize what's wrong, right? You know, let's just pretend. I don't mean to be morbid here, but you have cancer. The, the, well, the first step is to know you have it, so you can treat it. Right. So, I, t- to hear that the pop, the the major population, the people realize we need to spend more money on education, we need to do more of these things. To me, that gives me hope that hopefully the leadership will respond right. and yeah. and do you. what we need to do. Right. No, I, I that gives me some hope.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely, too. Me too. And it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to be against Houston. I mean, to, to down, there's, 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 you know, one of my favorite questions is, is uh, you know, where people complain in our surveys because we invite them to about traffic, pollution, yep. crime, the no Mountains, the hot summers, yeah. the flying cockroaches. And we say, well, how would you rate the Houston area as a place to live? It's a wonderful place to live. Just <laughs> <laughs> striking kind of.
0: It's, it's kind of like what people say. About, oh, I don't like Congress and I don't like her. But what about your congressperson? Oh, I really like him. I really like her. That's another one of those things. Well, you know, maybe that's just human nature. But at the end of the day, I really think as we're going to wind out here, we'll have two or three minutes on social media as you look in that camera. This has been a great episode. And I really want to say, Dr. Kleinberg, when I really mean this, you are a treasure. And your work, whether you stumbled in on it or whether it, you were touched with the, the finger of the Lord to start Ooh. this work, it, it really has done such great good for the city and the community. And it's so wonderful that the Kinder Institute is going to take it bigger and broader and deeper. Uh, and is taking it on. Amen right. to them. You're here, here. So here, here. what do you want to say to Houston as you start to say goodbye and, and move to your new life in D.C.? I
1: think I want to say that Houston matters that what happens here is is powerfully indicative of what will happen across the country is all of america will come to look like houston in about 25 years we're there first so what we do matters and and i'll be watching and coming back and forth obviously and caring deeply about this extraordinary city that that really is a harbinger of what all of america is going to be and how we navigate this transition will have real significance for the american future not just the houston future
0: i love it so houston You heard it here first. Please get the book. I'm not here to sell the book. I don't get any proceeds or anything, but get the book. Prophetic City, Houston on the Cusp of a Changing America by Dr. Steven Kleinberg. Uh, I'm going to have a most of my copies that I bought are are, are, uh, spoken for, but I'll have a couple in case anyone wants to swing by the the office. He's going to sign them here, and I'll have a couple here for the community. At the end of the day, it's our Houston. It's our home. Let's invest in it. Let's make it better. And you heard it here first. And this is Gilbert <laughs> Andrew Garcia, with a tip from Gilbert saying, "We'll see you next time." Okay. All right. We are now on social media. We're off radio. Oh. So, Dr. Kleinberg, you'll be lo- talking to Houston in that camera. I'll be looking at this camera. <laughs> And I really enjoyed the show, and I hope you did, too. You know, it's one of those things. Remember Carol Burnett? Sure. Okay. Yes. Remember when she would end the show and there was the song, I'm so glad we had this time yeah. together. Remember that? Yeah, Just to have a laugh, <laughs> feel out, and sing a song. And before you know it, comes a time to say so long. Can you believe our yeah. hour's yeah, over? Yeah, amazing. Isn't it amazing? Yeah.
1: I mean, it goes like that. No, it's great fun and, really, and, and important stuff. I mean, it's really yeah. – and, and I think. It, it, and, and the, the way the city has responded to the surveys is, is a powerful indication also of a city that cares about itself wants to know wants to know and and the, you know we started this survey just with as i said it cost us very little money because we had these captive captive uh, yep. people doing the interviewing and then i would go off and give talks about it and, and i'd say you know thank you for asking me would you support the survey with a a tax deductible gift to Rice and oh, wow. people immediately came through and, and within one or two years we had all the money we needed to be able to hire additional interviewers and and then within three or four years we we, we could just you know farm it out to, to professional interviewers right from the beginning and and it was a, just a remarkable measure of the degree to which the city said we want to know what's happening and we and, and here was a and, and the other thing I like about the surveys so I can say to people, don't blame me. I'm just asking. That's the, right. I'm that's just right. asking the questions. That's, that's right. Here's yeah. the exact wording of the question. Here's the answers that we get in each of these years. And you can see the evolution of an understanding of the city.
0: And it's not necessarily a poll, you know, because sometimes polls have an agenda or a, or, yeah. you know, this is really just old fashioned. What do you think? How do you see the world? How do you see the world? Yeah. And how do you see Houston? Yeah. And you, you just tell it like it is, it's unfiltered. And you just report back. are the data. That's yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And remember, data is key. And you know what they always say? The data will set you free because mm. the data is key. Well, Dr. Kleinberg, I really appreciate you being on the show. You are. Tell us, what are you going to do in D.C.? Tell, tell Houston, what are you doing yeah. as you're going to be in your golden years here and retiring? And I guess are you going to be with your children or
1: grandkids? Well, that's the key. I mean, I've got two children and five grandchildren. They all live in the Washington, D.C. area. And four of the five grandchildren went to Rice uh uh-uh. So there was a pe- this wonderful period, about eight years, when, when I walk across campus to teach a class, and there's a granddaughter. Oh, my and God. I, so they're, But they're all sort of waiting in Houston, in, in Washington. And so I figure, yeah.
0: It, it's you, wonderful. You, you well, you, everybody's right. Well, do you have any great-grandkids? Not yet. This generation is very slow. In- well, you know what? <laughs> On that note... <laughs> Uh, and I love you son. so if I say anything that I'm gonna hurt your feelings, you yes, just know I love you. So my oldest is 30 and he's an internet security specialist. He's, uh-huh. you know and he and his uh, wife let us know that they don't have any plans to have any children. None at all. No. Oh my God, you could have just like took out my wife's yeah. heart like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Like because she is so convinced she'll be the coolest, Grandmother I, I bet ever. Coolest. Yeah, coolest. Not the greatest. She said, I'm gonna be I'll be the coolest grandmother ever. Um but no, what a beautiful thing. Uh well hopefully you'll have those because you know you got a lot of life left in you, my friend. Oh, yeah. And uh it'll be very, very cool and you deserve it. Thank well, you. all right. I'm gonna say one more time. Houston, we thank you for uh joining us here on another episode of a tip from it's Gilbert, Gilbert. talk Grace. inspiration and prayer. And we will see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM, and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM, and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH, 1230 AM, The Source. On San Geek Radio, 95.1 FM, 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio, 101.7 FM, and 1540 AM. Call in at 832 25708075 and follow me on social media see you then